Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This week's podcast is on mercy. The word in the New Testament that we use for mercy is elios. It's also translated several times as compassion. Inherent in the word is the understanding that the person being assisted needs the help of the person offering mercy. Mercy is not a passive expression of love. In John 8, verses 1 to 11, Jesus is confronted by the Pharisees who bring a woman caught in adultery and ask him what they should do. If Jesus says to release her, he will be guilty of breaking Torah. But if Jesus condemns her, then she'll be stoned to death. As we look at the story, it's important that we remember the chapter immediately previous. In John chapter 7, Jesus goes to the water festival, and at the climax of the water festival, he yells out in a loud voice, Let any man that is thirsty come to me. He proclaims himself as living water. The priests and the Pharisees are furious. They want him arrested, and so they send out guards. They aren't able to catch him, and they're concerned because the crowd see Jesus as possibly the Messiah, but certainly as a prophet. So they decide to set a trap. And here it is. Jesus faced with a moral dilemma. Save her, and he condemns himself. Save himself, and she dies a violent death. The Pharisees were intent on pushing Jesus into a situation he could not win. There was no escaping this dilemma in their minds. They had him. What they did not count on, however, was that Jesus would not simply respond by citing the law, but that he would respond with wisdom and love expressed as mercy. Contrast the difference between them. The Pharisees are willing to see a woman die to win an argument. Jesus is willing to enter an unwinnable dilemma to save the woman, despite her guilt. There's a difference between judgment and mercy. Mercy is not passive. It's not a process of saying, I won't hold you in judgment, but that's all. Mercy is an expression of love. Jesus bent down and wrote in the sand. Neither Luke or Mark record what he wrote. But in the culture of the day, we can take a guess at what he did write. Nowadays, if people are being charged with an offence, they're taken to a police station. In the times of Jesus, they were taken to the temple gates. A priest would hear the charges brought by the witnesses, and then the priest would write their names and the law they had broken in the dust of the temple floor. The idea was that it wasn't written permanently, because sins are forgiven. But the names and the sin were written in the dust. So in a case of adultery, both parties were to be charged. And we know from Deuteronomy 22.22 that if a man is discovered committing adultery, both he and the woman must die. And this way you will purge Israel of such evil. The witness was to come with the accused to the temple. 
because a witness had to give testimony. And we know from Deuteronomy 7, 7, the witnesses must throw the stones and then all the people may join in. In this way, you will purge the evil from among you. So where are the men and the witnesses? Was it because one of the accusers was the guilty party? Judgment is often selective. Mercy has to be inclusive. Whenever you meet someone needing mercy, ask the question, who is missing? Who is not there? When you know who the missing person is, you will know so much more about the person needing mercy and why they need you to respond in love. Jesus responded to the Pharisees' demands. All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Jesus shifted the focus of their gaze. He reduced the woman's shame and proclaimed himself again as living water. I believe that Jesus riding in the dust or the sand was not just about taking the focus away from the woman and reducing her shame. It wasn't just about drawing their gaze off this woman caught. I believe it was also because Jesus wanted to fulfill the verse in Jeremiah 17. Verse 13, it says, Lord, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. Jesus is our living water. He watched them leave, the oldest to the youngest. Were they challenged by disregarding their own laws or shamed by seeing their names written in the dust? When nobody was left to stone the woman, Jesus said to her, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Jesus extended mercy, but he didn't give her forgiveness. Mercy is choosing not to hold people in judgment. Mercy acknowledges when we make mistakes, we need to be loved the most. And what we see in those verses is three really clear things. In verse 3 we see, Mercy seeks the best for people experiencing judgment and shame. In verse 5, Mercy is risky. And in verse 7, Mercy confronts judgment. If there is a potential cost to showing mercy, it's probably pity. Mercy is risk-taking. It is love with its sleeves rolled up. Thank you for joining the Cultivate podcast. If we can help you with anything or you'd like some notes, please email us at crosscultivation at gmail.com. God bless.